Amen. Who's excited to be in the house of God this morning? Amen. Amen. You know, we'll, we'll come into church. We'll raise our hands like the song says. We'll clap our hands, stomp our feet, raise them up. We're going to do all those things, and there is not one effort, not one honor that we can give to God this way. He said he deserves every bit of it, and we lift him up. Amen. He comes down, and I'm telling you, we see how alive God is. It's a wonderful day for us to be together. Great day for us to be here in church. If you're visiting with us today, we absolutely believe that you're home or very close to home. We love you. We're so excited that you're here. A couple of things we want to mention real quick. Here in just a few weeks, we are going to be having a community-wide uh, Easter egg hunt here that's sponsored through our church and through our children's ministry. There will be hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of kids coming to the park here in town, and they come and uh, we get to share the gospel with them. They leave with the gospel message. And uh, they also leave with lots and lots and lots of candy. And that's where we come in. We need bags and bags, thousands. Literally, somebody said we need 45,000 pieces of candy, individually wrapped pieces of candy. So we need your help. If you're able to go, when you're at the store, grab a couple of extra bags. You can drop them. There's some boxes here in the lobby and down in the new area. Or you can just bring them by the office sometime and drop them off and let them know, hey, these are for the Easter egg hunt. So we'll put those in the right place, and we're going to bless our folks and make an impact on the community. Amen? Amen. Amen. Awesome. That's what we come together for, to honor God and to lift him up and let him have his way in our hearts and lives and make all the difference in the world. Uh, we just thank you so much for being here today. We're going to get out in the aisles and welcome you into the house of God. I just want to stand. In Jesus' name, I just want to stand. Your word proclaim, no matter what comes my way, no matter what people say, I just want to stand. And I just want to stand. In Jesus' name, I just want to stand. Just one. 
Praise the Lord. That's a beautiful song, isn't it? That's beautiful. Thank you. You know, you have a great organ player there. She told me she just read the Bible through 11 times. This is her 11th time. She's already finished reading the Bible through this year. We hope you have joined us to do that also, to read the Bible through. We're going to go to the Lord in prayer for the nation of Israel. And I wanted to uh, remind you, ladies, if you'd like to go with us to... Uh, Ladies Conference in Columbus just for a, one day and one night. There's going to be some special singing. Our state bishop's wife has planned a beautiful conference, and we'll just be up there Friday afternoon and come home Saturday. So if you're interested, I'll be out in the foyer, and I'd like to give you some information about it. And then um, if you would like to help do some funeral food to help me Wednesday, see me when I'm out in the hall foyer today. In fact, everybody here could just come by and sign up with something we're doing. <laughs> We're a busy church, and we love to minister to the needs of the people. Thank you. So we're going to go to the Lord in prayer for Israel. Um, I thought this week when I was uh, praying for Israel, how Jesus came and he ministered to the people. He prayed for them. He healed their sick. He would go long ways to find people that needed deliverance and victory. And he was constantly with them, ministering to their needs and feeding them. And then his last words that he uttered over Jerusalem before he left, he was looking out over the city, and the Bible said, he said, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them that are sent unto you, how oft, how many times I would have gathered you together as a mother hen does her chickens, but you wouldn't come to me. And his heart was broken 
for the people of Israel because they refused to accept him. But he's coming back again. He will return again. And we want to pray for the nation of Israel. We want to pray that God will protect them and also give them a revival. I pray, oh God, send a revival to the nation of Israel and touch their hearts. There's many Christians there working now. So we need to hold them up in prayer that God will direct them and lead them by spirit. Because when you're led by the spirit, you can always reach people. That's good timing because people are hungry inside their hearts for God. So let's go to the Lord in prayer at this time and not only pray for Israel, but pray for America. Our nation needs God and we need a revival in America. So let's just pour out our hearts to God today for Israel and for America. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for this great nation that you've given us. Thank you for freedom that we can be able to come to church today and worship you in a beautiful church that we have the freedom to choose, Lord, if we put you first and serve you with all of our hearts. And we just thank you for the way you've blessed our nation, and we pray for Israel today, oh God. This nation that you loved so much, this nation that you wept over and you wanted them to come to you, we know, Lord Jesus, that they're going to be converted and come to you, and we pray for the outpouring of your Holy Spirit in that land. Give them protection today, O oh God. And as they pray and seek you for their safety, be real to their hearts and draw them to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Lord, we know you're working, that your spirit is there, and it's here in America. And we thank you for the things we've already seen that you're doing, Lord, in our nation. Now continue to move and give us revival in our churches, O oh God. Give us revival in our homes and in our hearts today. Continue to bless our church, God, and bless our pastor who loves us and wants to lead us closer to you. Thank you for answering prayer and all you're doing. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Now raise your hand and let's praise him. Could we do that? Thank you, Lord, for America. Thank you, God, because you hear the cries of your people. When we pray, you hear our prayers. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. You may be seated. God bless you. Well, good morning. It's good to see you. I heard Richard did a great job last Sunday morning. Did he do a good job? Yeah, he's one of my very best friends. I love working with him. I knew it was going to be just fine. I kept trying to... I tried to watch the 9 o'clock service before I spoke in Dayton, and uh, um, we had a little trouble getting it online, so it wasn't working. So I was freaking out because I wanted to hear what was going on. So I, I wanted to, on the pulpit at the church I was at, I wanted to put my phone right there and watch Stratford. <laughs> That's when you know you love your church. I'm glad to be here. I love you very much. This is my church. Amen. Our ushers are coming in a few moments. They're going to receive the offering, but I have a couple things I want us to pray about as we pray over the offering today. Uh, one is that our kids are coming back, our young people. There's a whole bunch of them that are here. I appreciate them. They didn't get to go, um, but we have a whole bunch on a big old charter bus and a 30-passenger bus and some vans and some cars. We have a whole bunch of folks that went down to Gatlinburg, Tennessee for the Winterfest 
Our church, you may not know this, but Tommy Madden, way back in the day, was one of the founding members of Winterfest for the Church of God. It started out, and I was one of those folks on the very first Winterfest trip. We had 200, and we met in one hotel, the big round one that goes up in the mountain down there at the parkway. And we were down in Gatlinburg. We thought we was a big deal. That was 30 years ago. I was a kid, I was a teenager, and I was on that bus, and I went down there, and our church, Harlem Park, went down there and was represented. 30-some years later, we have our kids still going, and they have over 150,000 kids that go to Winterfest. Isn't that awesome? The services have been fantastic. The presence and power of God has been there. The teaching, the preaching, the worship has been amazing. And our kids are coming home completely fired up. So uh, I'm going to look forward to being here tonight when the bus gets on the parking lot. Because I can't, I love when they get off the bus. They come flying off the bus. They see the pastor and they run to me and they want to tell me all the things the Holy Ghost has done. And they do it all in five minutes. It's great. They're a bunch of wonderful, wonderful. You love our young people and our leaders, our pastor. So thrilled with them. Let's keep them in our prayers. They're traveling. They're, they're in service now. They'll be ending their service, grabbing lunch, and then they'll be heading back home. So they're going to be on the road all afternoon. So I'm going to ask you as a church to please keep them in your prayers. We're also, uh, we're praying about, you know, a few weeks from now, we'll be in Easter. And uh, rather than just jump up on Easter, I wanted us to, uh, to be ready and preparing for Easter. Our bishop, I serve, as you know, on the, the state council for the Church of God in Ohio. Uh, we have 251 churches, if you didn't know that. And um, I serve with our administrative bishop, our overseer, Brother Les Higgins. And we had our meetings this last week, Monday and Tuesday, we were in Columbus. And he shared a devotion that just really touched my heart. And all of us around the table were moved. He talked about wanting that God had dropped down inside of his heart to see 1,000 people saved on Easter Sunday all across Ohio. I believe the Lord wants that too, don't you? Amen. I want you to begin now praying with me that over the next several weeks, we're going to see a move of God. I want God to start laying it on the hearts of people now that they need to go to church on Easter. You know, and they don't have to come to our church. I want to just go to church somewhere where the gospel of Jesus is being preached. But we want a move of God, and I want to see as many as we can see saved in our services. On Easter Sunday morning, we have the 9 o'clock and the 11 o'clock service like we normally do, but we will be having at the first service, that will be a, like an Easter sunrise service. There will be uh, ministry uh, in music. We'll have special presentation from some of the cantata music, and then I'll be preaching in that service for Easter. And then at the 11 o'clock hour, we're going to be presenting the Easter cantata that the music department will be presenting. So on Easter Sunday, you've got two options there, and uh, however you feel led and drawn. I would like to encourage you, as we're, uh, as we're seeing the growth in, in our church, just keep your eye on that 9 o'clock service. In this service, sometimes I heard last Sunday it was pretty packed. And so if that be the case, if you're somebody that would, you don't have a problem either way. You know, some, someone came to me this week and they said, you know, Pastor, my best friends are at 11 o'clock. You know, if I, I can't go to lunch if I don't go to 11 o'clock. I said, then you go to 11 o'clock. No problem. But uh, 
if you're someone that doesn't matter really which one you go to, we're doing our very best to pray that God ministers the same in both services. So check out 9 o'clock and see what you think, and maybe your family will feel comfortable. Another family came up to me, and they said, we love 9 o'clock. said, by 1030, we're on our way out, and we are enjoying the day and then coming back Sunday night. So it has all the pros and cons. Can you say amen? amen. So you check it out. We're already glad. I wanted to make mention that you may have done this last week, but Brother Charles Warren is with us in service. I want you and Sister Warren, if you would, to stand. I want people to welcome you officially back home to church today. Amen. We love you, sir. We have sure missed you the weeks that you've been gone, and you've had to be. He had open-heart surgery. And uh, really scary there for a little while, but we're so thankful he's doing good, and his report is good, and he's well, and he's back in church today. A couple more things to pray for. Brian, Tiffany, we love you. The church has been praying for the whole minor family, as y'all have just gone through a very tragic situation with your grandfather, with your father, and uh, little Nicholas. We had the service this last week. We have several folks who are from the minor family that go to our church, and we want, we want to remember them. It's been a tough, tough week for them and for us, so we want to continue to remember them. We also want to pray for Trent and Jamie Noble. I just happened to be with them the other evening, and we had just sat down at a restaurant, and we were getting ready. They were buying me a steak. Hint, hint. <laughs> but before we could even get our water drunk, Jamie got a phone call that her, her papaw, who had raised her from a little girl as her, as a father, was sitting in a chair and couldn't be woke up. So we flew out of the restaurant and we went over to Western Hills. We got to the home just in time for her to, her to hear the news that her papaw went on to be with the Lord. Of course, you can imagine. I want you to keep the nobles in, in prayer. The services will be this week for her grandfather, who is like slash father and we want to we want to pray for them and, and especially for um brother Saller, Sa- sailor's wife her name was thelma i want to remember her she's very devastated and this was very sudden he wasn't sick he cut his grass the day before and everything was fine so we we want to just remember this family in prayer if you wouldn't mind we're going to stand for just a moment for our prayer over our offering and i thank you for your gifts today i thank you that you are good stewards of what God has given to you. How many will say, I've been blessed. God has always blessed me, favored me. I've met my needs. The bills get paid somehow. How many of you have ever had a miracle with your finances? God came through in a miracle. Amen. Amen. I've seen it over and over and over again in the lives of those who are faithful to believe and to trust in the Lord. So we want to go before him now, thankful for what he's done for us. Today, our loose offering goes to our world missionaries around the world. If you appear here to pay your tithe, that goes to the tithe. But if you give in the loose offering, you'll be helping missionaries in 15 different countries that we support. So I'll thank you there, and they'll thank you for not just giving an offering, but we always say it, we want to meet a need. So give as the Lord lays it on your heart to give today. And let's pray for all these needs together. Father, we come to you. We thank you. That, Lord, your word declares we can cast all of our care on you because you love us and you care for us. I pray that you'll minister to every petition.
to every prayer need, to every circumstance represented in this house. Lord, not only just the names we've called, but I'm sure every family that's here today would have a need in their lives or in their families. I pray over them and I ask in the name of Jesus, you are the provider. You are the provision for us. You meet every, every need that we have according to your riches and glory. We ask you to heal bodies that need healed. We ask you to touch those that need that special touch of your spirit. Lord, I pray that you will touch uh, um, Sister Wilma, Iceland, that you will minister to her this morning at Westchester Hospital, that you'll minister strength to her life. Touch Jamie and Trent Noble. Lay your hand on them. Comfort their family and be with them. God, as we honor you and thank you for your comfort and the peace that comes in knowing that, Lord, to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord, we know, Brother Sailor, is with you. We thank you for this truth that keeps us in our hearts. We pray for the minor family, that your hand would rest on them. Continue to strengthen them. Be with them comfort them let them know and feel the strength of God as Lord we as a church family lift them up and Lord a special prayer we ask you to touch brother Glenn Hale that you would minister to him today as he lays in in a, in a bed of sickness touch him by your mighty spirit let the presence of the angels of God be with him touch him Lord and we thank you for it as we give you now our offerings as we give you our tithe as we Lord bless your work because you have blessed us we ask you to meet needs around the world touch our missionaries Lord let them have more than enough let them have all that they need and let them be blessed and Lord use us to do that and we thank you for this opportunity now for Lord we don't take an offering we give an offering in worship and we thank you for this opportunity, for it's in the mighty name of Jesus Christ that we pray. And we thank you for every blessing. We thank you for every gift. And everyone together said amen. Amen. Let's put our hands together and give the Lord one more round of applause and praise. Amen.
you choose the humble and raise them high. You choose the weak and make us strong. You heal our brokenness inside <laughs> and give us life. Same love and set the captives free.
wants to hear you sing. He wants to hear his people praise him. you're not standing yet, would you stand with us this morning, if you're able to? Let me ask you a question this morning. How many of you, when you get there and you're standing in that crowd of millions of people who have been ushered in and God has brought you into His presence and you're there, you made it through, you've pursued and you fought and you made your way all the way to the throne. How many of you want your praise to be pure. You want your praise to be on fire. You want it to come from your heart and you want him to accept your praise. Come on, I want you to give him all that you have this morning. Accept our worship, Lord. Accept our praise, God. 
make my worship pure this morning, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. humanity take all of our faults God cleanse us wash us this morning fresh and brand new God we have no right to come to you we only have mercy we only have grace hallelujah for a minute. Is that all right? Say amen. amen. The world is filthy. Amen. Say amen. amen. The world's filthy. The world is full of hate, bitterness, unforgiveness. It's full of worldly attitudes. It's full of all kinds of junk that will not be received before God's throne. Amen. You didn't hear me. It will not be received before God's throne. How many of you, you want your worship to be received before the throne? I said, God, I want my worship this morning to be pure. My worship is not Baptist. It's not Methodist. It's not Catholic. It's not Church of God. It's not Nazarene. My worship 
is from a heart that has been turned into a believer of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh! Hallelujah! Receive my worship! Hallelujah! Holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. With our worship pure. That means we've repented. How many of you know it's not the other guy, it's us? If you don't have a heart this morning, to literally, if you haven't already done it. I'm the pastor of this church and I've stood here and I've said, God, wash me, cleanse me, sanctify me. Lord, I repent anything, anything, God. I wanna give it all to you. If you haven't done that, if you haven't felt that inside your heart, I'm not gonna judge you, but I'm gonna say I don't understand you. You're looking and you're, you're thinking like them. Any child of God is going to come in this place with the Spirit of God moving like it is now, like He is now, and you're going to want to do nothing more than to prostrate yourself and to give yourself wholly and completely to God Almighty. All you're going to want to do is worship Him. Give Him everything that you've got. Lord, we need you. We need you. We need a fresh touch, God. We need a fresh touch of your Holy Ghost. We need the power, Lord. Oh, Lord, the enemy, he gets in our minds. He gets in our spirit. He tries to change our path. But Lord, we come to you this morning broken and spilled out. We come to you, Lord, and we're living, lifting up worship from our heart. We want to be received from you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Now, I want to do battle. Here's what I want to do. But McCoy, I want to, I want to run the devil out. I got four people that say that's a good idea. I said, I want to run the devil out. Out. Oh. The Bible says, resist him and he will resist him and he will flee. How many want to see the devil run this morning? In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Enemy. Liar. Adversary, devil, and every imp, every fallen angel beside you. I don't come to you in my name. I don't come to you in the name of a church. I don't come to you in the name of an organization. I come to you in the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus Christ. 
Spirit just then was that you've seen enough, you've heard enough, you believe. You're ready to give your heart to Jesus. I haven't preached a sermon. We haven't made an invitation, but you have got, you, you're ready right now. Holy Ghost told me that. I feel like he just spoke that in my spirit. Every head bowed, every eye closed real quick. You're here, you've seen enough. You believe. You're ready right now. You don't, need a, you don't need anything else. You are ready to believe. He is the Son of God. He died on the cross. He's real. And He's in this house this morning. And you want Him as your personal Savior. If you're here and that's you, lift, shoot your hand up as fast as you can. Where are you? 
One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Anybody else? Ten, eleven. Anybody else? Twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. All right. All right, we're ready. How many Christians are ready? We get the privilege. We get to escort them straight into the throne room of God. Oh, you didn't hear me. I said, we get to escort them into the throne room of God. Somewhere around 15, 16 people right now, you're going to, your whole life is going to change. I'm telling you, there's so much God in this house right now, it's going to turn you upside down. There is enough of the Spirit of God here to take care of drinking, to take care of carousing, to take care of a bad attitude and a bad life. You've been doing all the wrong things. God is going to turn your life around. Not me, not the church. The Holy Ghost of God is going to turn you around. If you lifted your hand, or if you didn't, you didn't make that decision then, but you're ready now. You pray this with us. Church, let's all pray it together. It's not magic. It's just helping you pray the prayer that gets you to his throne. We're going to take you there. Ready? Let's pray together. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Some Christians need to pray that this morning. Forgive me of my sins. You are the Son of God. You died on the cross for me. You rose from the dead. You're at the right hand of the Father now. Be the Lord of my life. You are the Son of God and you're my Savior. I believe it. I accept it. I confess it. In Jesus' name, I'm saved. I'm born again. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to go ahead and be seated. The work of the Holy Spirit has been done. We have worshipped him up to this far. He not, he's not finished. Say amen. Say amen. But it's, I, I, I follow the leading and the direction of the Lord. You're welcome. Now it's time for the word, and I have 21 minutes. We'll see. I said, we'll see. Remember, amen gets it done in 21 minutes. No amens, and I preach till two. Okay, I'm just going to do the 20-minute version. Maybe. Israel is in chaos. Everything's a mess. I'm going back to the Old Testament right now. 2 Samuel chapter, one, chapter 20, verse 1. Israel is in chaos. 
Absalom has tried to overthrow the king. In the process, David, who was the anointed king of Israel from a young man, who slew a bear and a lion and a giant, who spent his life making good decisions and bad ones. How many of you know God doesn't call you to perfect? Come on, help me out. You got to help me out. If you ain't listening, I'll repeat the point. Mr. Phyllis, it's good to see you. Welcome home. He made good decisions. He made bad decisions. God ain't called you to be perfect. He called you to be surrendered. I said he's called you to be surrendered. The work of the Holy Spirit will perfect his work in you. You trust him. And you get up every day, make a fresh decision. Jesus said every time you pray, pray this prayer. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. What? And forgive us. Chaos in Israel. Anarchy has taken place. The son of the king has got too big for his britches. And he has betrayed his father. David being the man of God, a man after God's own heart, is broken and weeping and hiding. Not because he was afraid. Are you kidding me? He was a warrior. He killed a giant. He killed a bear. He took a jawbone. He, he, he could do anything. He didn't want to face the betrayal of his boy. So his boy, his son. I think in his heart of hearts, he, he didn't want to look in the face of Absalom and see the hate see the betrayal so he left it wasn't long before Absalom was dead because how many of you know God's king can't be replaced by man's king never happened it had never happened so Long story short, there's been crisis, there's been all kinds of situations, it's been a mess. The men come back to David, they say, David, you're being summonsed back to Jerusalem, back to the throne. You are the rightful king, it's time for you to take your spot. They march their way, they're headed towards, headed towards Jerusalem. And in the process, oh, there's been all kinds of talk at the well, you know what I'm saying, the well which is the uh, proverbial ancient water fountain at the office. There's been a lot of talk at the office. There's a gentleman standing close by there. His name is Sheba, and he just going to town about how Absalom should have been the king. His health care plan's better than the other one. 
Oh, come on, I was joking. <laughs> he was talking. He had influence. He would tell people what they want to hear. Itching ears, the Bible says. Itching ears. Heaping unto themselves teachers. False teachers. False. Sheba was false. But yet he had enough influence to turn ten tribes of Israel away from David, the anointed king. Do you hear what I'm saying? That tells me it is possible for even the elect to be led astray. To be, off tr to be brought off track. There was one tribe, one tribe that wanted nothing to do with the rest of Israel. I loved it when I read who they were. You'd like this, Sandra. They were, they were Judah, the praisers. They were the praisers. They were the ones who lived for his presence. Who worshipped him. Led in worship. They knew what it was to get in the glory. They knew the cloud well of God. And because they knew the presence of God. And, and they knew the, pre the power of God and the glory of the Lord. And they understood the, the reverence and the honor of what it was to be in the inner cord, the outer cord, and to go in the inner, inner place, to, and, and then go into the holy of holies. They, they understood the sacredness and, and the order there is to God's work. Come on, say amen. amen. How many of you know there's order? As pastor of the church, a few moments ago, I felt a directive from the Holy Spirit that we needed to, to stop for a moment and make sure our worship was pure. Because sometimes there's a whole bunch of clatter coming up from houses of God. And it's not real. Sometimes there's a whole lot of dancing and there's a whole lot of clutter, a whole lot of mouthing, but there's no real worship. God receives worship that comes from the heart. The directive of the Holy Spirit was make sure the worship is pure and I'll do something. Some of you in here are going to walk out and you're going to be like, oh my goodness, I've been healed. Some of you are going to walk out and that situation is going to be transformed and changed by the time you get home. Some of you are going to find out God answered that prayer. You've been praying for six months. Because when the worship before our Father is pure, anything can happen. All things begin to take place. God begins to move, shake, rattle, and roll. He gave me another directive. He said, pastor, preacher, shepherd. How many of you know everybody's not called to be a shepherd? I'm just feeling my oats this morning, so. I'm called. From 18 years old, when I walked in the back door of Harlem Park, God had a plan. I don't understand it. 
I didn't understand what he was doing, but here I am. And I am in my rightful place as pastor of this church. And here's what the Lord spoke to me. The Lord said, run the devil out. The devil's causing confusion. The devil messes with people's hearts and messes with their minds. He's the prince of the power of the air. He loves to whisper in your ear and tell you things that are not true. Be careful. Be careful not to repeat and not to talk about things you hear. Sheba's always standing around the corner wanting to share something with you. Be careful. There was a whole lot of Sheba going on in Israel. And 90% of the people walked away from King David. Listen to what they said. And there happened to be there, verse 1, a rebel. The King James Version says, a man of Belial, which means he was a, a, a rebellious, wouldn't follow authority, had no respect. He was a rebel. Whose name was Sheba, the son of Bichri, a Benjamite. And he blew a trumpet. You didn't see my look. <laughs> he blew a trumpet as if he was somebody who had the right to take up a trumpet of praise. He wasn't part of Judah. He blew a trumpet and said, we have no share, we have no part, we have no portion with David, nor do we have inheritance in the son of Jesse. All you guys, go back home. Go back to your tents, O Israel. So every man, ignorance. So every man of Israel, okay, Sheba, duh, all right. We'll just go on home. We don't have, no, David's not the king. Well, I thought he killed that old Goliath. I thought he, he killed a lion. I thought he killed a bear. I thought God anointed him when Samuel, the prophet, went over to his house. I thought David was, well, I must, I must have been eating bananas that day. Don't be shallow. Don't be ignorant. Don't get outside of this right here. Don't you get outside of this book. You get outside of this book, you're in error. Oh, no, you don't understand. The Holy Ghost told me. Holy Ghost ain't going to tell you nothing that isn't confirmed in here. Guess David's not king. So off they went. All of them. So every man of Israel deserted David. He hadn't already had enough trouble. He hadn't already had enough crisis. He hadn't already had enough chaos. He's already had all these things go on. God, are you, are you sure that I'm really the king? Are, are you sure? 
that I'm walking right? Are, are you sure, Lord, I'm doing okay? Everybody's just, God, you put me as king. I've been betrayed by my own boy, and now the entire country has turned against me. God, what are you doing? Are you playing a joke? God's silence usually means just keep, just keep marching. Let me say that again. The Holy Ghost dropped that down in my spirit. God's silence means you just keep marching. I love the second part of verse 2. But, I love it when I read the word but in the word of God. It usually is telling us that something was happening, but something changed. But a change came. I was walking through the waters, but I was going into the fiery furnace, but you heard me preach a message years ago, and I thought I'd been the one that created it, but you know, I found out every other preacher since 1800 has been preaching a but God service. Charles Spurgeon preached a but God service. I was just like, well, God, I thought you'd give me a fresh revelation. But the men of Judah, mm, Judah, radical lions that worship, people that won't be denied the presence of God, they won't let nothing keep them back from getting a hold of God. They're the dancers, they're the worshipers, they're the ones that when somebody says, that's not very appropriate. They say, go to your house and worship by yourself. I'm going to dance in God's house. I'm going to worship God. I'm going to lift up his name. But the men of Judah, from the Jordan as far as Jerusalem, remained loyal to their king. Oh, that didn't touch you like it did me. You, do you see the picture? From Jordan all the way to Jerusalem. That means, man, they literally pretty much had themselves a parade. They had themselves a guard. They had themselves people. You know, like when we honor a, a, a vet or, or someone who's died in the military and they're just lined up all the way down through town. These people are lined up from Jordan all the way to Jerusalem and they're there going, long live the king, God's anointed king. We, I bet they had the palm branches, who knows? They might have had dancers with them being the worshipers. They probably had all kinds of instruments, all kinds of things out there on the road and they were worshiping and they were saying, oh God has brought his king back to the throne. Jordan, as far as Jerusalem, they remained loyal to their king. No matter what was happening at the well, no matter what was going on, Judah, come on and join us. Don't you see everybody else? Y'all don't know what you're talking about. Y'all don't know what's happening. Man, you haven't gotten the word. Didn't you get the word? Did you get the memo? We're going to look for a new king. We don't have nothing with David. 
You don't have no part with David. What an indictment. Can you imagine what it looked like, Gladys, before God's throne when he heard his children of Israel screaming out real loud, we have no part with David. Can you imagine? Be careful. Be careful, church. Why? Because you have an adversary who wants to devour you. He wants to destroy your faith, stain your walk with God. He wants to destroy your name and reputation. He wants you to end up, here we are, thousands of years down the road, generations have passed, and this morning, we're talking about Sheba. Poor guy. I'm sure he didn't realize that day standing by the water fountain, picking his teeth. Yeah, we, you know, we don't have no part with David. I, I was, I was look, looking at the trumpet the other night. I'm going to blow the trumpet, man. I'm going to make it like an official announcement. He had no idea that day he walked out there in front of the tribes of Israel, that thousands of years later, we'd be talking about his mouth. Be careful. Be sober. Be alert. What's the scripture say? For your, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, Walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Whom resist steadfast in the faith. Knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. How many of you know everybody fights the devil? Even you. Boy, I am feeling my oats today, aren't I? I'm scaring myself. I'm going to repent in a minute. I'll be the first one in the altar. Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren. We all have an adversary. You see, the crazy mental audacity of the devil to attack and come against the creator of the universe. Don't you think for a minute he's going to have mercy on you. There's not one of us who will not be attacked by this foul adversary. So you must be careful every day that you wake up. I'm warning you as pastor, watch, be sober, and be alert. Worry more about yourself than you do worrying about everybody else. We got a disease in the body of Christ. Hear me again, I'll say it because you were clapping. We have a disease in the body of Christ. We all think we're God. We think we have rights to be God. You won't have rights to destroy and tear down another human being. You don't have that right. I don't care who you think you are. You don't have that right. The enemy put a blot on creation. He pulled man down into the pit of sinfulness. 
like a serpent, as a serpent, he slithered through Eden and took a wasteland and made a promised land a wasteland. He turned it into nothing. God, God's dream for the world, all of it. The enemy is able to get in there and stain the things that God is doing. God allows this to happen because he allows you and I to have free choice. You see, we can't really, I've said this for years, we can't really love God unless we cannot love God. You have to be willing and able to say you don't love God in order for your love for him to be real. That goes back to explain a whole lot and there's a whole other series of sermons based on why there was a tree, two trees in the garden. But God gave you a free choice to serve him, to love him, to honor him and obey him. Or not. It's your choice. The enemy brought this mess, this foul mess to the world. He hides in dark places so he can slip in the back door of your heart. He'll find any dark place he can. He'll hide behind circumstances. He'll hide behind crisis. He'll hide behind things that are going wrong. But you know what I'm going to tell you? I'm going to tell you that if you've got a solid foundation and you know who you are and you're standing with the king, then when the troubles come and the winds and the waves will knock at you and try to kill you and destroy you, you'll still be standing when the dust settles. He hides behind rumors and gossip and people make it all, and, and they'll make it all spiritual. I was praying and the Lord told me that Richard is evil. So tired of that stuff. You may not want to go to this church because we don't do that here. We don't do that here. Go somewhere else. Go somewhere else. We don't do that here. He's the master of disguise. The Bible says he'll come as an angel. He comes in as an angel of light. I only speak truth. Jesus says it was written. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Took him up to a high place, looked, pointed down. And he said, cast yourself down from here. I mean, isn't it written that the Lord, the Father, will give his angels charge over you? Lest you dash your foot against the stone. There's nothing worse than the devil using scripture to back up his deception. Be careful. Look at somebody and say, be careful. He'll hide in the faces of people. Don't you be fooled. Take a notice from Judah. And I got to close. Oh, my goodness. I got zero minutes left. All right. Here we go. We're going to land this plane. We're coming in. The pilot has been given instruction. Runway number three. Here we go. All of Israel walked there stood David 
He heard all of Israel's leaving. Absalom is dead. David, king, we got to get you back to Jerusalem, get you on the throne. We got to get this thing settled. And David's like, oh, Absalom, my son, my son, Absalom. Joab looked at him and said, hey, straighten up, king. And the rest of your army's going to walk out if you don't get it together here. Come on, man. Get on a solid foundation. We all stood for you. We stood and we fought for you. And we've killed your enemy. God has given you your enemies. And here we are. We're ready to go with you back to the throne. Back to the place where you have been anointed by God to take your rightful place. Don't be a wimp. See, if you're not careful, the devil will get you so beaten down, you won't feel like you can do anything. You won't feel like you can muster up a prayer. I can't go, I can't go to church today. I've just been so attacked. The devil's just after me. Yuck. Stop it. Get up. Joab looked at David, the king. He said, get yourself up. He said, get out there and address your troops. Go out there and sit by the city gate. And you make sure you smile at all the people and you let them know they got a king in Israel. You got a king in Israel. All is well. Can I tell you something? Jesus is still on the throne no matter what's going on in your life. He's still on the throne. There is still a king. Hallelujah. There is still a king. He's on the throne. And when the winds blow and the, the, the torrents rage around you, when everything seems to be falling apart, when it doesn't look like you know what to do the next day, when you don't know what step to take, should I go right or should I go left? You, you don't know what to do. What you do is you stand flat-footed and declare, I'm with the king. That's what you do. Judah's all there hearing all the rumors, seeing all what's going on. David has finally got himself together. He's washed his face. He's out at the city gate, and word comes back to Judah. Hey, David is going back to Jerusalem. He's at the city gate. He's greeting all the people. Everybody's going home. We're back in business, boys. Judah didn't have to, they didn't stand there and go, well, we don't know what to do. Well, what are we supposed to do? I mean, I mean, you know, I mean, Sheba, who is like so popular, I mean, everybody loves Sheba. Sheba's the man. I mean, he's got the Mercedes and he drives, he wears all the nice suits. I mean, Sheba is the bomb. Oh, I'm glad the young people aren't here because they would tell me, Pastor, that's 80s. We don't diss anymore. I had one of the young people come up to me one night when I changed my hairstyle. My hair was always kind of back and feathered real nice. And yeah, some of you know what that means. One of them come to me and said, Pastor, I'm taking away all your poof privileges. I said, my poof privileges? I said, you gotta change that hair. So now I did, it's smooth. And, and thin. 
Jesus, help us right now. Stand up with me. But Judah, Judah heard all the rumors. They heard all the gossip. But they just kept going back to their heart. Listen to me. They kept going back to their heart. It didn't match. What they were hearing at the water well, that wasn't what was happening in here. And thank God it didn't. Thank God it didn't. You got to know enough in your relationship. And the only way is for you to be in his presence and to be a worshiper. The only way for you to really be able to hear the voice. There's a lot of clutter out here. There's a lot of voices out here that will lead you astray. That devil is anointing people to wear masks and to, to come as an angel of light. To whisper in your ear. To turn you into error. And to turn you away from the pure, unadulterated gospel of Jesus Christ. They'll turn you if you're not careful. The only way you're going to know the difference is if you stay in the presence of God. The only ones who had a voice to stand. The only ones who knew what to do. Everybody else walked. Benjamin walked. Reuben walked. All of them walked. Every tribe of Israel. Except it says the men of Judah. The worshipers. From the Jordan as far as Jerusalem, remained loyal to the king. Joab told David, he said, they all left, but not Judah. David said, Judah didn't leave. My hometown, my tribe, David, the lion of the tribe of Judah, David, part of that, that tribe there, the tribe of praisers, the tribe of worshipers. You want to, I'm not your judge, but I'll tell you what I do know. If you want to know what steps to take and what's right in your life and in your walk with God, if you want to know, I'll tell you. Get in the presence of God. Get away from the well. Stay away from Sheba. Stay away from all those folks that want to do nothing but talk in your ear. And you get somewhere where you can hear the still, small voice of God. And when you do, you'll know what to do. Lord laid this on my heart, I'm telling you. I've had this burning inside of me. Because I am your pastor. And I want, you to, I want you to be able to stand at the last day. I want you standing there. I'll tell you the truth even if you hate me. I'll tell you the truth even if you walk out on me. You might be like Israel and walk out. And that, that might be the case. I, I might go from 1,300 members to about 10 in one weekend's time. But I'm going to tell you the truth anyhow. You've got to be right before God. Your worship has got to be pure before God. You cannot listen to the voices of the enemy. And sometimes, sometimes that enemy looks like a preacher. Sometimes it looks like another Christian. Listen closely, read closely, 
Get in the presence of God and praise Him. And as you do, God will reveal the truth to you. His Holy Spirit will reveal the truth to you. And I guarantee you, it won't be none of that hogwash out there. Let me tell you something. There's a whole lot of hogwash out there. Somebody, somebody tell me to stop. Okay, you didn't. All right, here we go. I am so tired, so tired of ministries and people that are out there making a buck and making all kinds of a, a mess, bringing confusion into the tribes of God, tearing down the body of Christ for the name, the name they've got. I'm telling you, it's time for us one more time to get a hold of the truth of broken and contrite and bro spirited, broken out and spilled before God Almighty. I love you enough. I love you enough to tell you Don't lean on the arm of flesh. Don't lean on the, on the left or to right. Don't, don't go walking looking for confusion. You'll find it. Trust in the Lord. Lean hard upon the, the Lord. And I'm going to tell you something. You like me or not like me, but I'm going to tell you the honest truth. I feel like this. I feel like I'm, I'm just being bold today. So I'm just going to say this. I'm a called man of God. I am a preacher of the gospel, and I have got this in my heart. I'm going to preach it to you every time I come. I'm going to let you know what's right, and I'm going to let you know what's wrong. I'm going to help you to get to God. Because when we stand before that mighty throne, when we stand before the angels who are standing before him, I want you there saying, holy, holy, Holy Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. I want you standing in his presence. I want you there. There is nothing this world has to offer you. There's nothing that they can say to you that should ever be more influential or more valuable to you than the simple gospel of Jesus Christ. Don't get caught up in deception, lies, false religion. Don't get caught up in that stuff. If it's not in the Word, if it's not in the Word, run. Run. Mm. I am your Father, full of love and mercy. I have in my heart for you to win. I have it in my heart for you to succeed. Walk in faith, live it out every day. Know that I am all the power that you need. Lean hard upon my word. Look to me in the intimate secret place of your prayer and I will reveal myself to you. Trust me and know that I am leading you through a very disturbing confusion and chaotic time. But you are being led nonetheless. 
Lean upon me. Look to me now and know that I have your freedom before you. Do not look back. Do not look to the side. Trust and know that I am right in front of you and I have hidden you in my shadow, says the Lord. Mm. Worship him, worship him, honor him. If you're new to our church, what you've experienced just now is the gifts of the spirit in operation in the church. We believe in tongues and interpretation of tongues. and The Holy Spirit has confirmed and sealed his word. He's reaching out to people today. I knew that he was. I knew this had to be from him. But it's for all of us. Did you hear me? It's for all of us. There's only one rightful attitude that all of us should have after a service like today. And that's that we should be broken and spilled out, contrite, meaning no rights. Lord, I give it all, I have no rights. Do you know, sitting in here, standing in here all pretty, all dressed up, do you know that you're not worthy to be here? Do you know you're not good enough to be here? Do you understand that you were someone who needed rescued? Just like everybody else. No, Pastor. I received the Lord in the crib. No, you didn't. You were protected by Him. You were covered by Him. But there had to be a day that you recognized, just like everyone else, that you needed a Savior and that your sins were just as bad as everybody else's. But he forgave you. He forgave you. So that's how you can hold your head up in this service. That's how you can worship him. That's how, that's why you should worship him. I have a conviction. My conviction is when the spirit is moving in a service, I consider it my spiritual obligation to worship him. I'm not going to look at you. I'm not concerned about what you're doing. I have a conviction that if there's worship going on, I need to be worshiping. Because I don't want God to look down at me and wonder why I think it's okay not to worship him. I've just cleaned house today, haven't I? You know what he's doing? He's getting us ready. He's getting us ready. I want all of our ministers to come. All of our ministers to come, if you would. If you're here today, you need special prayer. You need anointed with oil. We believe in the God who heals. We believe in God who provides provision and meets every need of our lives. I want you right now, I want every head to be bowed for a moment, if you would. We're going to pray for us. We've already had, what, 15, 16 people accept Jesus today. We're going to pray for us right now. But if you'd like special prayer, I want you to, while we're getting ready to pray for the congregation, I want you to feel comfortable to just step out where you are right now and just come to the front. 
Some are already coming. You're welcome to come to the altar this morning for special prayer. But for the rest of us that are standing back, I want God to touch us as a church, and I, I want you to understand, I, I sense and feel the anointing of the Spirit of God this morning that He is trying to get us ready. We've been doing a series on healthy things grow. And as we're getting ready to go into the Easter season, I believe that God is going to do some things in this church. I've had two people who have told me in the last two days that there are greater days that are coming. Not only for my ministry, they were talking to me, but they were talking about the ministry of this church. And they, were, they said the very words, greater days are coming. I'm believing that. I've accepted that as from the Lord. I had someone who literally called me on the phone to give me that specific word. And I know it's from the Lord. God is going to do some amazing things. But in the process, he's getting us ready. We're getting ready for a visitation. We're getting ready for the move of God. That means we all are in this place where we got to repent and give ourselves completely to God. Let God heal up. Let him fix up. Let him take us and mold us and shape us into exactly what he wants us to be. He's ready to do that in your life this morning. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to pray a pastoral prayer over all of us. I want you to pray for your brother and sister around you. But I want us to pray right now that God will prepare us as vessels of honor, meet for the master's use, and prepared for every good work. Let's pray together. Father. As we come to you this morning, Lord, we come knowing that we are nothing without you. Lord, we have no holiness. Our righteousness is as filthy rags. There is nothing we have to offer you except Jesus in us. That's all we got. We have nothing good in us. But Lord, we are made good by your son. We thank you this morning for salvation. We thank you, Lord, for sanctification. We thank you, Lord, for the baptism of your Holy Ghost. Would you touch us afresh and brand new this morning? Let us truly understand the glory of your presence and the intimacy of your work in our lives. Touch us today. Build us up in your strength. And let us sense and feel the, the power of God. Help us to learn, God, how to get in the secret place. Help us to learn how to worship you and to honor you. And to, Lord, stop focusing our, ear, our eardrums on everybody else around us and start focusing our ears on listening to the still, small voice of God. You said your sheep will know your voice. Help us, Lord, to know your voice this morning. Touch us brand new. Minister in our lives right now. Touch us a special, Lord, breathe on us one more time. Let a fresh touch of your anointing rest over the sanctuary this morning. Oh, I pray in the name of Jesus. We honor you. We thank you for your presence that's here. We leave empowered. We leave challenged. We leave desiring to be better. We want to be closer to you than we've ever been. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Now, would you, before we end, would you just lift your hands if you feel comfortable to, but lift your hands in presence to God. Would you right now just love on him and honor him today for being with us, for the people that have come to Christ, for the people that have been healed in the altar and prayed over, for the presence of God that has been here with us. We thank you, Holy Ghost, for the work of God in this place. We're thankful in Jesus' name.
Amen. 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 Let's listen for the Lord's voice. What a great word. We had many people raise their hand to receive the Lord into their life. If you have done that today and you are wondering, now what? What's the next step? Where do I go from here? Our discipleship pastor, Melissa Grawl, right down here in front. Melissa, she will be out in the lobby, and you can go by and meet her. And she has just a little bit of information, a couple things to give you that will help you on your journey, that will help you on your way. Also, if you're here for the first time, you're interested in our church, you would like to know more about it. If you go out and go down past the cafe on the left-hand side, you'll see the welcome desk. You can go there, and there will be some first-time information for you there. You can be blessed and uh, get that information. We want you to have a wonderful day. We pray that God would be with you and bless you. Take care of you. We will see you. God bless you all.